May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Goggles and Girl Talk. As always, I am so excited. Um, we are wrapping up our little series, so to speak, this month that I'm calling The Journey. Um, this month we have talked about so much. We talked about how to pivot with grace, um, why the process is greater than the promise, and what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And God has really been revealing himself to us over these last few weeks. Um, also, real quick, like... This has been amazing, but I cannot wait for next month. Like, when I tell y'all, you are not going to want to miss a single week. One of my mentors, who I love dearly, um, Prophetess Tanya Lofty, is going to be with us all next month. And we are talking about um, new age practices, right? And, like, it's going to be flames. Like, you, like... Listen to me, y'all. It is going to be so good. <laughs> it's going to be so good. So this is something that um, God had talked to me about months ago. Um, and if you don't know what New Age practices are, guess what? Subscribe and don't miss an episode next month. Um, but he had told me that I should do this um, in October because October is really a time where people celebrate goblins and ghosts and sorcery and witchcraft and I'm not talking about um the movie with the sister witches on Disney I'm talking about like legit witchcraft um and it's good like next month shots fired into the enemy's camp unapologetically you hear me okay so Let's get on to today because I'm just like so excited about next month. <laughs> Let's get on to today. 
So when I um really was talking to God about how I should wrap up this month and, you know, just like, God, how do we end, you know, how do we end this? Because the journey really doesn't end, but I think the things that we talked about are really critical um, to our journey with God. And as we journey through to, um, to take these different areas and God gave me a message, um, and I felt led, he brought it to my remembrance. Um, and it was just really something he was talking to me about, but I felt very led to share it with you guys. And so this episode may or may not be super long because I really, when God says something, I want to explain it. I want to give you context, but I also just want to be like, God said what he said. So it's not going to be five minutes because I almost just got on here and just said what God said and was like, get your life together. See you next week. (laughs) Because I really try to leave what God tells me as is. I don't want it to be Charlotte speaking. I want God to have his message delivered in the way that he gave it to me. Um, but I felt like he gave me the go ahead to kind of elaborate on what I'm getting at. When we talk about the journey, we talk about living in purpose on purpose. Um, but God told me that he is cleaning house. God is cleaning house. So let me give you some context. Okay. This season has been so um, impactful for me because I really feel and I understand that God is raising up his children to tackle both ministry and the marketplace, right? Uh, And I know I talked about this book on the show before, The Seven Mountain Prophecy by Johnny Enlow. And I want to give you guys a little bit more reference um, to that today and just kind of discuss what God meant by cleaning house. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the book and kind of the call that God is, um, is drumming up. I don't want, I don't really have the words. Forgive me y'all. Okay. Hey Tom. Um, so it's really important that we understand that there's a bigger piece to this, right? And so if you have not read, um, the seven mountains, uh, prophecy, Johnny Enlow discusses seven mountains of influence that are in the land, right? So they are religion, family, government, education, media, arts and entertainment, and business. And in this season, God has really been preparing several of us in the body of Christ to take these mountains back for the kingdom of God. And one thing that really struck me that Johnny Enlow says in the book is that A lot of times we are so focused on, I just want to get to heaven, I just want to get to heaven, I just want to get to heaven, that we fail to command heaven on earth, right? Like Jesus came, he lived his life, all 33 years of it, and while he was here, he challenged systems, he he challenged um, religious systems, he came and took that thing back, right? Like he claimed this mountain for God. He went against the um, the Pharisees. He, you know, he just really challenged people's ways of thinking and thought and how they acted. He performed miracles. He was a true representative of God on the earth, right? If we're talking about Jesus 
in the flesh, because we know that he's all God and all man, but I'm talking about Jesus in the flesh. He came down here and he didn't just come and just like, all right, God, put me up on the cross. No, 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 no. He came here and he also allowed people to see God's glory, to see God's grace, to see God's love while he was here, even though he knew that he had a bigger work to do, even though he knew that he was, you know, he was going back to heaven. He knew those things and he still came here and brought um, you know, as is as it is in heaven, right? Like miracles, love, signs, wonders. We can have those things now. And God is really commanding us to have those things now. But too many of us are just like, I'm just trying to get to heaven or only worried about our own salvation and not worried about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to create salvation for other people. And how do we do that, right? So I already talked about on this show that how our purpose is the same. Our purpose is for us to bring people to Christ. That's the great commission, right? But God is so good that he'll use us each individually, that he'll use our talents individually, that he'll use um, strategies and different things like that, that are particular to us to where, you know, we can influence the people around us or we can go as far as to influence the nations. But we do so in these seven areas of religion, family, government, education, media, arts, entertainment, and business, right? In the book, um, Johnny Enloe discusses that there are demonic principalities, right, that sit on these mountains currently. Um, and it gets into a lot of detail, and I'm not going to share a lot of detail here. But the point is, is that we know that this is back with scripture, because in Ephesians 6 and 12, we are told that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities and of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, in this dark world, in this dark world. So we are fighting against principalities here and against evil spirits in heavenly places. And so as representatives of God, we are to seek and find our assigned areas of influence, and we need to operate in that. Like, we must be prepared to take these mountains and be a light in these areas in order to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. That sounds great when we pray it, but what are we doing to... Um, submit ourselves to the idea that we can really have that. Sometimes we get too comfortable with the word of God and things become cliche. And that's like, that's real. Like God says, God says what he says on earth as it is in heaven. That's scripture. God is not a man that he shall lie. That means that we, that, that we need to be um, proponents and, and be servants of God to where we are going with what scripture says that we are performing in the great commission and we are bringing people to Christ. We're saving souls that we're thinking outside of ourselves. We're thinking outside of getting a bag. We're thinking outside of getting a check, right? That we are really trying to create things on earth as it is in heaven. It's so important that we do that. And I am so, clearly I'm fired up, but I get so fired up because I am really ready to see God have his way um, 
And like, even, you know, I did not watch the debate last night because Jesus is king. I don't care who's president. I do care, but Jesus is king. And I already know what I'm going to do. I have prayed about it. I have peace about it. And so to me, it's unnecessary for me to subject myself to all the things happening in the news. I'm going to go. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I'm going to do what I feel led to do. And that's going to be, that's it. That's all. We ain't got to do all this jibber jabbing. Let's get to vote. <laughs> Let's get to the polls. All this jibber jabber is unnecessary. But I digress. So while I'm so fired up, because I really do want to see God's will done here on earth, um, it's very important to understand that God is cleaning house, even in the government. God is cleaning house. What does that mean? There are people, right, who are using God's name, the appearance of being godlike, for their own personal gain. Okay? There are individuals who are claiming to have Christian businesses, Christian beliefs, and they are scamming people out of their money, abusing their followers, and they are practicing an unethical business practices. Do not be surprised in this season. God is exposing people for who they are. Exposing them for who they are in this season. This is not a warning just for the world, but for the body of Christ. There are people in the church, leaders in the church, who will be exposed and removed from power. There are individuals who are using God's name for clout, whose businesses are going to fold. God will not be mocked, and he is cleaning house in the body of Christ because we are his. How is he going to change the world when we are cutting up? We're going to clean house first, and then he's raising up a generation of people who are going to go out and take back these mountains. So it's so important that we do not get caught up in collecting our coins and making a bag that we move outside of the will of God. We must check our motives, our methods, and most importantly, our heart posture towards the one true and living God. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying the show. Look, take a minute to go ahead, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, and leave a review. We love to get feedback from our listeners, and doing this will help us get advertisers that are relevant to our audience. So if you have been blessed by God Goals and Girl Talk, if this is your favorite time of the week, is to spend it with me. First of all, God bless you, sis. I love you. But take some time to go ahead and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode or a bonus episode, and make sure that you leave a review. Now let's get back to the show. Hey guys, it's your girl, Sharla Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, 
I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. So Jesus had cleaned house twice before. And as I was um, preparing myself and like, you know, going over my notes again. And I'm, I'm reading this. God was like, don't forget. I did it first. Okay. We love to talk about the story of Noah hmm, with the ark. But remember that the reason he even had to build it to begin with is because God was cleaning house. He flooded this whole earth with an F all of it. He's like, Oh, y'all want to cut up? I got something for you. <laughs> right. So Noah had to build this ark and animals two by two so we can repopulate the earth so do not forget that god himself has cleaned house and he will do it again like that is what (laughs) is what this is then jesus cleaned house and he did it twice did y'all know he did it twice because i didn't know he did it twice i knew about one of them i ain't gonna hold you and pretend that i was like oh i was such a scholar that i knew that it had happened twice I didn't, um, but God is good, and this is why we study our word. So um, when God first, you know, told me that he was cleaning house, I was reading Matthew 21, and I'm going to let y'all know what happened. I'm going to tell y'all. Um, so Jesus had just made his way, his triumphant return, back to Jerusalem, okay? Now, what is also striking to me, and this is not even on my notes, that this day he's coming in, he's riding in, they they are praising him, cheering him, worshiping him, bowing at his feet, and by the end of the week, they are hanging him on a cross. And that's how that is how labile people are. Five, six days ago, I was the best thing that ever happened to you. Today, crucify him. So if it happened to Jesus, just know it'll happen to us. Just just know that people that quick, like that, and that's okay. Because it's all for the glory and the honor of God. So Jesus is coming back into Jerusalem. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people who were buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Matthew 21, 12 through 13. And that was from the New Living Translation. All right, let's be let's just pause for a second before I go any further. Sometimes I feel like people um, really try to portray Jesus as this like very soft-spoken, 
unassuming, what would Jesus do? Right? People always say that when you're mad. What would Jesus do? Hmm? People always say that. (laughs) But what they clearly don't know is like Jesus was out here performing miracles. He had love and grace all over his life. Like that literally is who he is. He is love. Um, He also was about that life. Hmm? Jesus was about that life. I said it here first. He was about that life. He was about that life from the beginning. Y'all know one of my favorite stories is like how, and I like to joke about it, how he like left Mary and them and was at the temple at 12 and was was on punishment for the next 18 years because we did not hear from him again until he was 30. (laughs) But he was about his father's business even at 12. Even at 12. So Jesus was about this life. Right? Like he walked into the temple, saw the money changers, and knocked over their stuff. Because he had this righteous anger um, for the practices that he saw being used in God's house. So it's not that as believers, we can't be angry. There's actually a righteous indignation. And God just gave me an assignment in my head. Okay. All right, God, I hear you. Um, there's actually a righteous indignation. That we can have as believers, right? There's a a righteous anger that we can have as believers. We are just to not sin in that anger. We can have a righteous indignation. Things that go against the will of God. Things that are, um, you know, people who misrepresent God. That stuff makes me angry. Like, I literally hear the chimes of knuck if you buck in my head because that is how hard I go for God. Like, ugh, like, miss me. We can, we can square up right now for God. <laughs> like, I am not the one. <laughs> I am not the one. Um, and so, I like, I feel like I can empathize with this because I have read a post before where I feel like people are being disrespectful. And I literally feel just the wrath swell up in my body because I want to go in. And Jesus was about that life. He came in here. He saw that they were out here um, using his father's house. And I'm going to explain what, like the context of the money changers and why it was a problem. Um, And so to me, the even wilder thought is that Jesus is not new to this. He true to this because he did this before. Because I read it and I was like, okay, God, I know. Like, okay, you cleaning the house. And he was like, no, for the third, like, for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like, he's going to continue to clean house. And I was like, what you talking? And he said, go to John 2. And here we are. Right? So in John 2, this is actually the first time that Jesus cleaned house. Right. And this was right after he had performed the first miracle in Cana where he turned the water into wine. So it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple um, area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip 
from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and he turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered the prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. John 2, 13 through 17 in the New Living Translation. This is so good on so many levels, and I have so many deep things to say. But first, can we just acknowledge the fact that Jesus made a switch? <laughs> like, like, Jesus was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, Jesus straight made a switch. A switch. He was not playing games. Grandmas all over the world unite because Jesus made a switch. <laughs> Right. So I just like when I studied the Bible, it be, it's the little details that catch my attention that be having me cracking up. Like the story in and of itself is not funny, but the like I can see Jesus like, oh, you think it's a game? <laughs> like, let me get my switch. I'm going to make a switch. Hmm. Like, child, when the Bible say ain't nothing new under the sun. Like, a switch Jesus for real? Okay, like, I digress, but Jesus made a switch. I can't. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what the issue was with the money changers. Okay, so there are a few. Okay, so we will um, use these and we will identify... Um, just different people who may be moving in a similar spirit. We want to identify whether or not we're moving in a similar spirit. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit um, that if there are any businesses that we support or that we're connected to, that he open our eyes and we are able to remove ourselves because I'm telling you, they are on the verge of being exposed and removed. Okay? So we're going to take what we learned from this story and we want to be able to identify and apply. That's, that honestly is how I teach and how I learn because I want to identify what God is telling me and then I say, okay, God, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to the here and now? It does not and it is not deep. You identify what God is teaching you, what he's telling you, and you say, okay, God, how do I apply this word you just gave me to my life? That is literally how I study the Bible. You identify and apply. The end. Hmm? I didn't even expect to say that, so thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. So, first off, the money changers were conducting shady business practices. Okay? So, the animals who were brought to be sacrificed... Um, sometimes they would, they would have people who had to approve the animals for, um, the worshipers to bring them into the temple. And so they, the animals that were brought would be unapproved by the inspectors. This would force the worshipers to purchase animals from the temple at a higher price, right? They were selling, um, they were also selling animals for sacrifice and marketing them as quote unquote better sacrifices than the animals, um, that, the worshipers would bring with them. And a lot of them were traveling far, right? So 
um, they brought this animal across, like literally across cities and countries. And, you know, they get to the temple and they're like, ah, not the same good, but we got something you can buy for the low, low price of $99.99. I don't know if that was a low price back then, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? So they're charging them way more for something that they already have. And then also saying, oh, this is, this will be better because God's going to hear your prayers better. He's going to accept this sacrifice because you bought it from us. You bought it in the temple. And so God's going to hear you more. It's going to be more pleasing to God than what you brought. Shady, shady boots, magoots. Like that is so much shade. That's so trifling. But People do that now. Hmm? People do that now. Um, second, the Jewish law had a temple tax. Okay, so when it said that he was getting the animals out and he saw people exchanging foreign money, we know that at this time, um, there was, um, like, you know, Rome, Roman rulers, and so they had to pay tax. So people... Um, needed to exchange their money, uh, like their, um, their, I forgot what the coins are called, child, but there was Roman money and then there was other money. You had to exchange it. Hmm. Okay. Um, but if people had to exchange their money, um, they would take advantage of the, the poor and the, um, foreigners that were visiting Jerusalem to worship and they would exchange their money at an, at a higher rate. Shady, again, right? And then lastly, um, they were conducting their business in the courts of God's temple. So not only are you doing shady business, but you got the audacity, the unmitigated gall to do it in God's house. Humans are bold, bold, right? The temple is a place um, that had been called to, to where you go to worship and reverence the Lord, Right. And let's just talk about how the money changers were violating the sanctity of the temple by conducting business, shady business at that, in a very place where the presence of God rested. Right. So before, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, God's presence rested in the temple. That's why there was the veil, like, you know, behind the veil, like that's where you went to seek the presence of the Lord. And you have the audacity right, right where he is in his face to conduct shady business. So of course, when Jesus saw this, his righteous anger caused him to act boldly, swiftly and unapologetically. Right. These these money changers were exploiting worshipers and then they utilized God for their own financial gain. And although we are not exchanging sacrifices and paying a temple tax, the money changers in our day are exploiting people's love for um, for Christ for their own financial gain. Right. A lot of them are out here promising miraculous healing. Um, they're offering personal prayer packages and cloths and this water and that water, financial blessings. And they're even trying to sell the favor of God like it's for sale. 
if you um, sow $100 into this ministry, God's favor will be upon your life and you'll get a new car tomorrow. And that's very blunt, but people are doing that. These are those prosperity gospel false teachers. The Bible talks about prosperity, but prosperity gospel preachers only talk about that. They don't talk about nothing about convicting you, getting your soul right, none of that. It's all money, money, money. How can God bless me? What's God going to do for me? He's already done enough. And if you need to know more about the prosperity gospel, check out, um, there's this documentary on Netflix and Amazon. I saw it on Amazon. It's called Christ Alone. There's, some, there's something, of, uh, like, Christ Alone is the subtitle, but just put it in, child. It is good. I will share the link in the show notes, but it is so important that we're mindful of this. Thank you, God. There's another documentary that I saw, too, on Netflix. It's um, this guy. His name is Reggie Yates, and he's a British reporter, and he does different reports on different stories. But there is one where he goes to this um, to a country in Africa where this guy, and I kid y'all not, I was so mad. I remember telling my husband I was so mad. I was like, I... I feel like I need to finish watching this, but when I tell you I could swing on him, the preacher, not Reggie Yates. Reggie Yates was doing a great job. This preacher, literally in the, like as soon as you walk into the church, they're selling baby oil. Oh, it's been blessed by this preacher. And people are spending their money. He lives this lavish life and people are spending their money, these people who are living in huts in these villages that don't have it to give, but they are so desperate. And he is, oh, God will bless you here. Had people bring their underwear to church. Like, don't even get me started. It was so disgusting. It was so disgusting. So you don't you want to see what a money changer looks like now? Watch that documentary. It was insane. And it's so important that we are mindful of these money changers, right? So we can identify them and then act boldly, swiftly, and unapologetically just like Jesus did. Right? Like you can identify them by their less than integritous business practices their exploitation of God's people, and their unmitigated disrespect for God. And when I say, like, the amount of disrespect, because that's his name on it, the amount of disrespect, that really triggers me. The disrespect. And we need to be able to identify it. We need to make sure that we are acting as boldly, swiftly, and unapologetically as Jesus. But furthermore, we got to ensure that we continue the journey to complete the purposes of God and what he's called us to do, and that we don't obtain that money changers mentality. It may start out great. It may start out like, oh, I'm on fire for God. But then you can't get so more so on fire for your followers than you do for Christ. 
for your coins than you do for Christ. Because you will fall into the money changers mentality. Check God's Resume is a personal reflection journal that challenges you to build God's resume in your life. Do you often feel like signs and wonders do not occur in your life? Are you feeling like you're in an impossible season? Sis, no, it is time for you to check God's resume. His goodness and his miracles are all over your life. He has been doing this. I had such an amazing time developing this journal and God reminded me of so many times where he has kept me. And if you are looking for a great tool to improve your posture of gratitude and just to learn more about the character of God, this journal is for you. It's available on Amazon and it makes for a great gift and it's great for a Bible group study tool too. Now, I want you to get this journal. Like I said, it is phenomenal. It's over 200 pages. There's guided study. Um, You learn about the different names and character of God and you literally go through and build his resume from his personal information all the way down to his accolades and awards just like you would build your own resume it is so cool it's so fun and God just really reminded me of all of the crazy situations that I found myself in where he had his hand on my life y'all he been out here saving us okay get the journal get in a position and a posture of gratitude i pray that it blesses you you need to get it now let's get back to the show okay so how do you avoid the money changers mentality and i have three very key points um, and tools that you can utilize to avoid the money changers mentality. The first thing is that you must surrender all of your business endeavors, all of your ambition to God, right? Ambition is um, defined as the zealous desire to obtain rank, power, and fame. Okay. You want to make sure that you please God and you are completing his work. That should be our ultimate desire. So you need to submit your ambition to God. Here, bro, this yours. (laughs) Because that, I don't want that. You need, he needs to exchange that out. We should not have this zealous desire to obtain rank, power, and fame. My zeal is for God. Okay, that should be our ultimate desire. Matthew 6.33 tells us, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all of the less important things will be given to you abundantly. That's Matthew 6.33 in the Passion Translation. I just started reading the Passion Translation. It's amazing. Um, So you need to really surrender your business to God, surrender your ambition to God, surrender your life to God. This isn't just about business, but surrender your whole heart to God. Some of us think that we have, and then we're secretly, we got one like, here, God, I'm coming to you open hand, but you got one hand behind your back with your own desire still tucked back there. And he knows it. So repent if God has revealed any selfish ambitions to you that may be rooted in your heart. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This says, and then all of the other less important things will be given to you abundantly. 
God first. I want God more than anything. So the first, the first way to avoid the money changers mentality, submit your business endeavors and your ambition to God. Submit your whole life to him, all of it, if you have not. But in this area, I'm talking specifically about submitting your business endeavors, your, your my purpose, all, whatever it is, your purpose, your projects, your platforms, give them all to God. He is the, he's the CEO. There's a, a book that I read um, and a journal that goes with it. If you are really interested in business, shout out to Tatum because she's pulled my whole life together. Um, follow the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Go listen to them. Go listen to Tatum because she be out here. But she did a journal and she um, wrote a book about God being the CEO of her business, right? And you really have to have that mentality. This is God's podcast. I'm just here, employed by the Lord. Hmm? Like, this, like, everything that you have is God's. When you look at it like that, you will take better care of your stuff. That's God's car. You got his car looking like that? It's dirty on the inside? That's God's house. House dirty. Why are you not taking care of his stuff? You're God's. Why are you not taking care of yourself? How dare you not exercise and go to the doctor and take care of the body that he gave you? It's not even yours. Surrender your stuff to God. All of it. Second thing, you need to operate in integrity. Right? One thing that you really have to understand is that as believers, we are representatives of God, okay? Not just in our businesses, but in every arena that God has called us to, right? People will know you're a Christian, and the second you have a bad day, oh, I thought you loved Jesus. So it's not a call for you to be perfect, but you do need to be mindful. You need to be mindful, you identify at um, at work as a Christian, but then you take shortcuts at work. You on your phone all the time. You leaving early. You're not walking out in integrity. You talking bad about the boss with other like, come on, man. Everybody sitting around gossiping. You right there. Are you living the life? Are you really representing Jesus? Because if so, for somebody who didn't know who Jesus Christ was, and they are looking at your life, you you may be leading somebody astray. Your behavior can either ruin your witness of Jesus Christ and or allow others who follow you, who, who you influence, whether you know that you're influencing them or not, you will let them believe that they can have one foot in the world and one foot living for God, and it's all gravy. How are you going to respond when God tells you that your lack of integrity caused someone either to remain lukewarm in the body of Christ or leave the faith? She's a hypocrite. She treated me this way and she's supposed to love God. And while it's not all your responsibility, you need to understand that you are still responsible for your actions or your lack thereof. 
So you need to be really careful that you are operating in integrity. That means having tough conversations. That means doing things that you don't want to do. We are to avoid the appearance of evil. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5.22. So when you're operating um, a business endeavor, it is so important that you have processes in place including a process to recover after an incident because you're not going to always get it right. God is not calling us to be perfect, but he should be reflected in your practices and the way that you conduct yourself. So if something, I always talk about this all the time, it's not about you being perfect, but what does your recovery process look like? If something gets messed up, if you drop the ball in an area, what does your recovery process look like? Do you deny the fact that you need to go back and apologize? That you need to go back and correct what you did? What does your recovery process look like? Because that's also about operating in integrity. Look, we dropped the ball. It won't happen again. These are the steps that we're taking to ensure that that does not happen again. If you're selling a product, what is your policy to remain integritous if a client has a dispute or an issue? If you haven't thought that far, you are not ready to jump out there yet because we're representatives of God. And so we must remember that every single day. So we have to surrender our business endeavors and our ambition to God. We need to operate in integrity. And lastly, we need accountability, right? Get you an accountability circle, a partner, a team, whatever. Ensure that they are people that you trust. Most importantly, make sure that they are truly rooted in the word of God and they will hold you accountable even when it's tough. An accountability partner is not going to always be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. People who hold me accountable will be like, girl, what? <laughs> okay, girl, bring it back. What? Nah, sis. Mm -mm. Sorry, I didn't understand. Google don't even understand. That job just scared me, y'all. <laughs> like, make sure that you are in relationship with somebody that can hold you accountable. Even when it's tough. Because there is wisdom in counsel. Take good counsel and accept correction. That's the way to live wisely and well. That's Proverbs 19 and 20. Right. Personally, I recommend that your accountability partner should be someone who does not have direct ties to whatever you're doing, like your business endeavor, whatever. Like the person who holds you accountable should not be a part of that because then there's a conflict of interest. Right. This removes any motive for that person to not hold you truly accountable. Right. Or. Um, for them to participate in an activity that may diminish the integrity of the operation. So if I'm not in your business and I'm your accountability partner and I see you doing something shady, I'm going to say something or even something that may appear to be shady because we're supposed to avoid the appearance of evil. So it's so important that you have someone that's going to hold you accountable and that you are are able to take correction because guess what? Come here. You're not always going to be right. 
So you need to be able to be corrected. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about all three of our action steps. How do you avoid the money changers mentality? Surrender your business and endeavors and ambition to God. Operate in integrity and accountability. It is so important that we do not find ourselves developing and operating in the money changers mentality. God is coming to clean house once again. And when he does, the body of Christ needs to be prepared and willing to step into position. Right? However, please remember that you can appear to remain in position and no longer have any true power. Y'all remember what happened to Saul? Saul lost his favor. He lost the anointing of God. And David had been anointed king. But Saul remained in position for years before David took the throne. So he looked like he was winning at life still. But the hand of God had been removed from him. So we need to honor the designs and purpose of God and not pervert them for our own selfish gain. Because God, you can be left in position and lose God and lose God. That's scary. So you want to make sure that you're constantly doing those three steps. You you don't surrender once. You constantly have to resurrender. I const excuse me, constantly have to ask God to check my heart. I constantly have to resurrender my business to God. It's constant. I'm constantly working to ensure that I continue to operate in integrity. I'm constantly asking people to hold me accountable. This isn't something that you do on September 30th and then oh, I, I did that before. No, it's constant. Because our flesh will continue to rise. We can't, we, there's too much attached to us. We cannot afford to not be in position. So you need to continue to ask God to help you remain in a position of humility in front of him. But then we need to be as bold as lions in the world, right? Like this humility thing that people do like, oh, I'm just so humble, myself included. Got convicted about that earlier this week because we downplay the power that God has given us. It's not our own power, so don't get it twisted. But a lot of times we downplay the power of God that the authority that he gave to us trying to be fake humble and really the humility is so that we don't have to be responsible if you don't ever claim to be a thing then you don't ever take full responsibility for it and so if you mess it up then well i said i wasn't really that great at it nah you're playing yourself So we need to be humble in front of God. But when we go out into these into these uh, marketplaces, when we go out into um, 
the things that God has called us to into these jobs. We need to be as bold as a lion so we can overtake these mountains, right? For the glory of God. So that's it for this week, y'all. God said what he said. Hmm. Tables will be flipped and whips will be whipped. That's the word. <laughs> that is the word for the week. So as always, ensure that you are in a position where you are found doing what God has called you to do. It's so critical, especially after, you know, the bits and pieces and clips that I've seen of what people um, were talking about with the debate. Um, it is so critical that we just continue to do what God has called us to because there is a shift happening. There's a shift happening. Be prepared. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. That's not in the Bible. That's first Charla chapter 10. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So until next week, remember to love God, love people, and love yourselves. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.